Hi, this is Dave Trout, founder of UTR Media. And before we get the show started, since we're in the last few weeks of the year, I thought we could take a moment to reflect on uh, the state of the UTR Union. And I, I look back at 2017 as a, an amazing year. God has done incredible things. It's been a year of transition for us. Um, we went through a creative relaunch, rebranding. Uh, we have um, five new podcasts, new high quality videos, blogs, uh, great downloads, as well as um, a new website and a new name, UTR Media. Um, and so I think that now that we've gone through a lot of that transition time, 2018 is poised to be our biggest and best year of ministry. And we want to be at full capacity and full strength moving forward. Um, you can actually help us do that during our special month called Buildathon 2017. November 24th through December 24th, we're setting aside that time to you know, post reflections and some testimonies and some, you know, just celebration of what God has done through the ministry, but also invite you to become a participant, to get on the support team, to help fuel the ministry moving forward. You can do that through one-time or monthly recurring gifts. With your generosity, you can help us serve music audiences and music indie artists better than we've ever done before. You can look for more information about Buildathon 2017 at our website, utrmedia.org. Now, enjoy the show. If it was my choice, it would be all white light. Okay. It's not my choice. Okay. It is not, I'm not the only vote caster. Yeah. Friends, I'm Dave Trout. Welcome. You're just in time. Pull up a chair. Um, I love taking you not just to the venue, not just backstage, but through the green room door. We give you unparalleled access to the artists that you love and you get to know the heart behind the music. And today is our Christmas episode. So in the second half of the show, we are going to be interviewing Sir Eric Peters. Uh, we even have uh, some rapid fire Christmas questions for him. And we'll, he'll tell you how, how much he loves or loathes the holiday season. Uh, and then in the first half, um, we're going to be talking with uh, one of the singer songwriters who has an album that made our top six Christmas albums of the year list. Uh, this is the guy behind the Slugs and Bugs ministry. We're going to be talking to Randall Goodgame about his new release, Slugs and Bugs Sing the Bible Family Christmas. And uh, we'll, we'll hold off on playing a clip of that because uh, we're going to weave in a couple song samples um, in the middle of the interview. So let's dive right in. Um, here is a very recent interview that we did with Mr. Randall Goodgame. Uh, I am so happy that you are on the show. Thank you for uh, taking some time to be with us. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about the music in a second, but um, let's just start with uh, what does uh, Christmas look like in the Good Game home? Well, this year it's actually very exciting. My whole extended family 
uh, all 17 of us will be under our roof, sleeping here, all crammed in together, um, for our first whole big family Christmas in Nashville. My brother's family from Texas, my sister's family from Iowa, my parents in Florida are all coming up. Thankfully, there'll be about a four-day window in there when my kids are out of school, before all the relatives come, that we'll be able to just sit and hang out and uh, play I Spy under the tree and drink hot chocolate and stuff. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Ah, sounds good. Um, so you just released the Slugs and Bugs Sing the Bible Family Christmas, and it's fantastic. Um, but how did the recording, the making of this album differ from other Slugs and Bugs projects? Well, what was crazy was we made it on the heels of making Sing the Bible Volume 3. So we made two records at the same time, which now I will never recommend anyone do. But we got through it, and um, the nice thing about doing Sing the Bible Christmas second was that it was really small. I've never done such a small record, because the goal was to have it be small, a little jazz trio, some kids' voices. And um, so it was actually really nice. A little bit of an escape from all the kind of <clears throat> sonic complexity of the, the first record we made. So one of the things that is so unique about the, the album is... You know, not only just Christmas theme, not only word for word scripture, but um, also it's uh, many of the songs are inspired by kind of the Vince Guaraldi trio, the 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 soundtrack of uh, the Peanuts. So uh, <laughs> tell me about that. Yes, of course. I can't believe I didn't say that. So, right, the whole record, the sound of the CD, Sing the Bible, Family Christmas was inspired by the the Charlie Brown Peanuts Christmas special that everybody knows and loves. It was made back in the 50s or, or uh, 60s. Um, and that music, of course, I grew up with it, and um, I learned all those songs when I was a kid, and it just oozes Christmas to me. I feel like, you know, you, you can't get away from that, at least in our country, in the U.S., you can't get away from that soundtrack. Walking through the mall or down the street, if anyone's got music playing, you know, half the time in the month of December, it's the Charlie Brown Peanuts Christmas Special soundtrack. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So when I was diving into the scriptures, trying to find ways to um, bring new life for me from these verses, I was just really excited to, to try to fit it into that sonic landscape to try to tell the story. 
Oh, yeah, man. It is so good. It works so well. And now officially uh, one of UTR's picks is one of the top six Christmas albums of the year. Um, so one of the interesting things to me is that the album seems, um, I guess compared to other Slugs and Bugs albums, it seems even more accessible to all ages. I don't know. It just seems like the album is... Ha, ha, is a very um i love that it's called family christmas because it's it feels like it's it's for everyone for all ages and um uh, it has a very sophisticated feel to it is that something that you were intentional about in the making of this album that is so interesting you know i i never thought of this record as any more sort of for all ages than any of the other ones. I wonder if it's just because it seems that way because it's smaller. I don't know. If you think about it, this record has more kids singing lead than um, proportionally than the other Sing the Bible CDs do. So now I'll, I'll give you this. There's not a lot of silliness on it. Maybe that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I think that does uh, make sense. It, it lends... Uh, to that to that factor for sure because um, you know but I think even you know your choices both musically um, obviously lyrically and and thematically and just sonically it seems a bit more sophisticated of a musical palette maybe I mean that's true of the Peanuts uh, you know series as well so I think that that may be a factor. Yeah, there's not a lot of silliness. It was uh, it was harder to try to find ways to be silly and reverent with Christmas, um, with the verses that I wanted to highlight. Either way, I'm glad you think it's for everybody because it, it certainly is. Absolutely. Um, so one of the other uh, factors in in the uh, Sing the Bible family Christmas is. Uh, that your own family got involved in the project. So tell me what it was like to bring your wife and kids into the project this time around. Oh, Dave, it was awesome. Yeah, man. It is so fun bringing them into the studio. And, you know, to have those little moments recorded uh, for posterity um, is just super special as a dad. But they did a great job. Livy just really, I mean, I cry every time I heard... I hear her sing Mary's song, the, the first few verses of Mary's Magnificat. I was crying in the studio while she was singing it. And then um, my son Ben, with he's in the choir, and he reads um, when uh, a passage from Luke. Um, my son Jonah isn't on, isn't recorded on the record, but he helped in other ways. So that was um, it. Was just really special. And then the last song is the one my wife sings on. My wife, Amy, she and Livy come in and sing a three-part a cappella harmony version that I wrote for this old hymn written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Um, I tweaked the lyric a little bit, but essentially it's a song where he's gone through this deep tragedy and he's in despair in the face of Christmas. Um, and it's just got this really rousing last verse saying, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. And uh, so it just was a great way to end the record. So uh, my family has been listening to the album almost nonstop in the car or van for the last several weeks. And 
um, and really uh, started at the first listen, my kids really gravitated to uh, one track. So do you want to know uh, what my kids' favorite song is? Ooh, tell me. Yes, I bet I can guess. It might actually surprise you. Their favorite is Glory to God. Yay! Oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) Can you tell us uh, a little bit about the story behind that one? Okay, well, as you probably already know, that is uh, Sadie Osinga, Andrew Osinga's sweet middle daughter, singing lead on that song. And uh, she actually sang on uh, Sing the Bible Volume 2 um, and has just a beautiful, angelic little voice. So I knew I wanted her to do it from the very beginning. Glory, glory, glory to God. Glory, glory, glory to God. In the highest, in the highest. Glory, glory, glory to God. Glory, glory, glory to God. In the highest, in the highest. afraid do not be afraid do not be afraid do not be afraid and I wonder if one of the reasons why it's 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 become a favorite is because it's just really simple uh, it repeats the phrases um, a lot it's kind of melodic and singable but then there's also that the bridge that just says do not be afraid over and over again and uh, I never get tired of doing that song because I think about how the angels they said do not be afraid to the shepherds right so it had the context of the the hillside or wherever it was there in Bethlehem Um, but it also speaks to me right now even do not be afraid of what people uh, are thinking when they're listening to this interview or do not be afraid uh, of something that's going on at work or at home. Um, We need to hear that over and over again because, and the reason we don't have to be afraid is because of Jesus, because he has us in our hands, in his hands, and he has not forgotten us. Mm, Um, mm. He's caring for us every moment with every breath. So, uh, so I wonder if that's one of the reasons why people like it too. Maybe, maybe that same thing resonates with them. No. Yeah, I, I agree that, that's spot on. So true. Um, so my wife, when she listened to the album for the first time, she had an interesting reaction. Um, uh, she wanted to give you some free business advice. <laughs> so use this however you see fit, Randall. Uh, but she said that that the album just, she could envision a church being able to perform this. Um, or seeing it in some sort of a production format where where basically you get this whole album kind of from front to back with different vignettes and speaking parts added in, and it could become this very cool Christmas musical production. I don't know if you had uh, ever thought about doing something like that. Yeah, man, we're totally going to do it. Um, the record follows the narrative of Christmas, in a way that could really easily be made into a production, like you said. So I'm definitely, um, I'm I'm definitely going to have a series of concerts based on the record next 
next year, next Christmas. But um, I'm hoping to have time to work on a full production of it for next year. But, um, you know, if any of your listeners out there uh, want to take a crack at it, they could just give me an email at slugsandbugs.com. What a cool opportunity for listeners of this podcast. That'd be great to see that happen. Um, so I have one more uh, Christmas question for you, Randall. Um, so when you uh, kind of celebrate the holiday season, what are some traditions that you had in your growing up years that now you carry on as a parent? You know, we uh, I lived in Florida, so there wasn't a lot of sledding or snowball fights. Um, but there, we did play I spy around the Christmas tree. I remember doing that with my brother and sister vividly. Uh, we, I still have some ornaments that I had when I was a kid, you know, so, uh, that's pretty fun. And, uh, going to the church services, Christmas Eve, singing hymns, going caroling, um, just all the regular family stuff, just being together. We read, um, Christmas story, uh, the night before Christmas, and, uh, you know, we have a tree and we have presents and all, all the kind of classic stuff. Very cool. So sweet. <laughs> Randall, thank you so much for um, giving us some of your time. Merry Christmas. Congratulations on the new album. And thanks for being a part of this episode of Green Room Door. Dave, thanks for having me. This was so fun. I love UTR. I mentioned this on our sister show, the Gourmet Music Podcast, but the Sing the Bible Family Christmas, I cried the first time I listened to it. Tears of joy because it's so good. It just, I was just overwhelmed with the beauty of the project. So um, if you haven't yet checked it out, you'll want to pick up a copy for yourself or your family. You don't even have to have kids of your own. Um, it's it's just an album, like we said, for everyone. And um, you may even want to buy a bunch of copies and you can you can give them out to family and friends and, and nieces and nephews and oh, it's so good. So I think I think Randall even has bundles that you can buy um, on his website. So for more info, on the new album and for the ministry that he runs, go to the website slugsandbugs.com. If you want to stay up to date on our parent organization, UTR Media, you can look up at UTR Media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as utrmedia.org. Okay, time to refill the hot chocolate because in the second half of the show, we're going to be talking with the one and only Sir Eric Peters making his second appearance on Green Room Door in our young history. Um, we're going to be talking all about the holidays. What does he love? What does he loathe? And some rapid-fire holiday questions, too, you won't want to miss. That conversation's coming up right after this. This episode is sponsored by the latest book from three-time Dove Award-winning artist Jenny Owens. This new 14-day devotional book has the same name as her latest album, Love Be the Loudest. The book is full of scriptures, personal thoughts, and song lyrics to help you hear God's voice above the noise of the world. The Love Be the Loudest 14-day devotional is available in paperback and ebook and is available now at JennyOwens.com. The loudest voice I hear. 
what a year it's been. Oh, we are truly grateful for all that God has done through UTR Media in 2017. And we think that with your help, 2018 could be our biggest year of ministry yet. November 24th through December 24th is Build-A-Thon 2017, a chance for you to get involved in UTR Media and help build this ministry for the future. Hey guys, Dave Radford here from the Grey Havens. My wife, Alicia, and I just wanted to throw our support into the mix for UTR Media. Uh, Sir Dave Trout, captain at the helm, all that they do for artists and listeners. We've been so uh, blessed and encouraged by them. Excited for what's ahead in the next few months and coming year. Uh, We're just honored to support UTR Media personally. UTR Media is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and we can only continue to curate well-crafted, faith-inspired music with your help and support. Consider getting involved with a one-time or monthly contribution during Build-A-Thon 2017. More info is at utrmedia.org. Let's continue the Christmas episode of Green Room Door. And next up is a conversation with one of my all-time favorite singer-songwriters, Sir Eric Peters. Yes, he is royalty around these parts. Um, And we have done probably more interviews with Eric than any other artist I can think of. In fact, this is his second appearance on Green Room Door, and this is only the sixth episode of Green Room Door, so that tells you something. But uh, we love Eric, even though uh, he will self-admit that uh, he has a bit of an Eeyore personality. He is so honest and open about uh, his thoughts and just where he stands on things and so I wanted to get his brutally honest take on where he stands on this whole Christmas holiday season Uh, so we had a fun conversation uh, a few weeks ago Uh, but before we get into that let me um, play a clip of some of his music so if you uh, haven't yet discovered him well now you can so here's a bit of Eric Peters music That clip is from the song Rusted Things, and you can find it on the album Far Side of the Sea, which is the latest release from Eric Peters. And before we get into the conversation with him, an unfortunate quick disclaimer, um, we uh, had technical difficulties with one microphone, and so uh, we had to share a microphone, and uh, it kind of worked overall, although it picked up my voice a little bit better than his um, so we tried to clean things up as best as we could, but just know that um, you know we had to overcome some some technical difficulties. But uh, you should be able to uh, uh, hear and enjoy everything. Um, it came out pretty good. Uh, this is our holiday conversation with Eric Peters. Eric, first of all, Merry Christmas. 
That's a lot, Dave. <laughs> uh, so do you... Yeah, to you. Yeah. Do you love, hate, or somewhere in between on the whole Christmas season thing? Hmm. I am... You know, I as a kid, you love Christmas. I did. I shouldn't generalize that. I think most kids love Christmas. Most kids love Christmas. <laughs> Um, that's fair. That's a fair assumption. Okay. I don't want to quote unquote offend anyone. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I love Christmas and I, and, and uh, but it's, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, it turns into a stressful time when you're an adult and have kids and it's a very expensive time. Yeah. And, and the whole um, consumer mentality that goes into the marketing of Christmas is just really turns me off. Um, and it's not like I'm super, I have this super spiritual opinion of Christmas, but it's the sheer marketing grossness yeah. of it that is really distasteful to me. Um, and so, and the fact that it now begins uh, at the moment Halloween is over. Yeah, right. Is, is yeah. just, is just, it's jarring and um, and it's just not right. So ironically, uh, Thanksgiving, which I used to hate as a kid, because all the family would get together <laughs> and it was chaos and loud. And I, but Thanksgiving has become my favorite, absolutely favorite holiday. Huh? Because it's the holiday that it feels like it gets overlooked, and it's the holiday that marketers just kind of like. You feel like they don't know what to do with it, so they leave it alone, and it's blessed because of that. <laughs> and it's just, and it's time. It really is a relaxing, chill holiday. Okay, so before we even get into the Christmas banter, <laughs> sorry. No, I have to know because because really, in the last two or three or four years, we've seen the shift of um, Black Friday shopping now beginning. Yeah on the evening or late afternoon of Thanksgiving. So, um, got any thoughts about that, Eric? <laughs> I mean, not without sounding like a total jerk. <laughs> that's okay. That's why That's I mean, why I asked you to be on I mean, the show. It, I guess it just further, you know, propels my grumpy, probably, uh, vibe that people have of me. I, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, of course I understand it, you know, yeah. it's money and it's, it's a profit, profit making season for businesses. And I, you know, I get that. Um, but you know, um, it's just gross. I don't know. It's just too much. Um, I think a lot of people feel that way though. I don't think you're grumpy to feel that way. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel, especially, um, especially when like you said, Thanksgiving seemed to be sort of like sacred territory. Mm-hmm. Like the marketers all sort of let that alone until the last couple of years. Now it's yeah. gotten bonkers. Yeah. I mean, so. it's funny. You know, Danielle, my wife, she she loves shopping. She loves it. It's it's fun for her to go out and and get lost hours of time in just shopping and and not necessarily ever buy anything. But uh, but she. She, for one, she and a couple of her friends, every, you know, that Black Friday morning at 
3 a.m. they get up and they go do they go do that usually every year and uh, and they love it and it's like you could not you couldn't drag me you could pay me to go do that um, because it was it's just I've seen the pictures and just yeah. like psychosis yeah <laughs> so I I don't know much about um, Tennessee I mean really the only thing I know about Tennessee Christmases is through Amy Grant songs They're tender <laughs> so tell me just kind of the like what is what is even the weather like yeah, for well, Nashville um, around Christmas time and that's the thing you don't ever know what you're gonna get yeah weather wise I mean I grew up in Baton Rouge and so a 70 70 degree Christmas day was the norm yeah and so and then living here in Nashville for 12 years now it's some years it's you know we had a white Christmas uh, three or four years back and then last year 2016 Christmas we were in the set we had a 75 degree wow Christmas day so you'd be wearing shorts and you'd be wearing shorts and it would be <laughs> you know be hot and humid yeah warm and humid yeah that's crazy and so it's hard to yeah. be excited about Christmas when it's 70 degrees out. It always has been for me. So so does Nashville go nutso though if if there's if there's snow on Christmas? Is that like Nashville a huge deal? Nashville goes nuts if there's snow, period. <laughs> it doesn't matter what day. But I mean that yeah. it certainly helps make it a more memorable and certainly it feels just it feels like a more unique like oh this is this is the Norman Rockwell this is what it's Christmas is supposed to be you know, right it's supposed to be snow on the ground yeah and icicles and yeah. so it definitely adds to the the charm of a Christmas day to have cold <laughs> and snow um, but you just never ever yeah. know what you're gonna get yeah all right so t- so kind of walk me through the typical Peter's household Christmas experience. Like as far as, you know, are there relatives involved? Do, you know, do you just kind of do your own thing? What, like, what are you? What is you and Danielle and the kids experience? You know, Christmas at Christmas time. Yeah, we we are. First of all, let me say that we are very bad at tradition. Um, we have we're. We just don't have traditions. People ask, what is your Christmas tradition? We don't really have any because we're poor planners. So if there's any other poor planners out there... You could be best friends. We could be best friends. Yeah. But uh, traditionally what we've done to... uh, Traditionally. Typically what we've done... Yes. Is... I'm such a hypocrite. We, We have... For... When we first had kids we would go down to baton rouge which is where both of our families are and uh we'd go down i don't know a few days before christmas and we would spend almost a couple of weeks down in louisiana and finally we're like uh it was we just wanted to have we wanted to start literally i mean we want to start our own thing and so that would i guess maybe that is a tradition is that i was thinking that might be the word that that. defines what you're explaining better than i thought it was (laughs) That we decided we're going to have Christmas Day at least here in Nashville and then either the day after or the, the, the 27th go down to Louisiana. And so that's what we've done the last few years is, is been here on Christmas Day and just had it very, very quiet, just the four of us, and just enjoy it and just yeah. relax. And then 
loaded the car, go down to Louisiana. And we, we've kind of been itch, itching to just stay in Nashville, stay put here throughout the season. And if any family wants to come see us, to come see us. But we haven't quite been able to do that yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For fear of making <laughs> all of our families mad at us. Right. So I think it's, I think, um, it's appropriate uh, to lump in with Christmas um, the idea of the new year. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, you, you obviously have a couple of songs that are new year inspired. Yeah. And uh, so first... Um, Kind of, kind of, just tell me about the those songs and um, kind of just what inspired the creating of them. Well, um, the first one that I wrote, which I believe, I believe the old year was the very first song I wrote. What on what was to become the album Birds of Relocation. So ha ha to the old year Early 2010, um, sort of in response to the 09 year, which was, I don't know, just very discouraging. I, I put out a record before, I'd put out a record before that called Chrome, and that was a little disappointing. Uh, the, the, the sort of that season, and so I was just kind of saying ha ha to the old year and trying to go forward. And so I wrote the old year. And then as I was writing songs for the album, the Birds of Relocation album, um, I don't know that I intentionally set out to write a bookend or a, maybe a response to the old year, but that's kind of what happened is I wrote the new year. Part of part of that saying saying ha ha was sort of you know dealing with depression and sort of having to face uh, not face it just sort of uh, realize that it's a part of who I am and that's just something I'm going to deal with or have to deal with for the rest of my life and, and so um, starting to get counseling and going on medication for that. And then just kind of writing a response to a dark season in that uh, that there's hope and there's light. Um, and that God is faithful even in the, the really, really dark 
times when we feel maybe most alone. So that he promises his presence. So that was sort of how the new year came to be. And it fit really well with that album. Yeah. So, so um, tell me about New Year's in general. Like, do you, what, what are your thoughts about, um, you know, culturally there's, there's just, well, there's obviously New Year's Eve, there's the countdown, then there's the idea of New Year's resolutions. And like, where, what's in your mind about that whole turn of the calendar? I, in, I mean, in, in, as far as the celebration, the, the making a big ado of the new year, you know, the, the staying up till midnight, I am the most boring person you'll ever meet in that I just don't care. I mean, yeah. I used to stay up till midnight. I, these days, I'm, I, the last two or three, four years, I've, I've just been like, I'm done. I'm going to sleep. I'm too yeah. tired. And, and so I don't really make a, a big deal out of that. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I, that's just sort of what I've done. And, and so I've slept through the old midnight <laughs> Arinsky thing. I, I think there'll be a lot of people that will identify with yeah. that. I think there's... All, all the you introverts know. unite, right? <laughs> Introverts and folks who are, just you know, in their, their 40s time. or yeah. whatever, just... Okay, I'm done with yeah. the well, and then the, the fireworks thing. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I I hate loud noises, so it's just like <laughs> I, I mean, I really am the, a, a cranky, <laughs> cranky kind of person, I guess. That's awesome. So it's like I just don't. I have no tolerance for the stuff. And I mean, New Year's resolutions, I get it, and I never really set them. Um, I never, and, and and that kind of goes with the theme of of who I am and that I just am terrible at setting goals and I'm not a planner. I'm not a five, 10 year plan kind of person. Right. And again, I don't, you know, some people are great at that and love it and need it. And I probably need it. I just don't do it. So, um, okay. We're going to do that right here, right now. So <laughs> I have, I have a lightning round of questions for you okay. that are mostly Christmas related. So we'll come back to Christmas, right. but we'll end with you crafting your New Year's resolution for this year. Great, all right. So kind of have that bubbling in the back of your brain. Okay. And I'm going to pull up uh, my lightning round questions. Your favorite Christmas dessert. Oh. It could be Starbucks related or it could be your family kitchen related. Uh, my wife's homemade chocolate chip cookies. Oh, yeah. Nice. Plain and simple. That's so beautiful. I love, love that. Mm-hmm. Cookies are just the best at Christmas time. I mean, put away 10, 20, oh. 30. I mean, what's <laughs> Easy. The what's the okay, your favorite Christmas movie? Um, I have two. I'm just going to say yeah. two. And yeah, do two. You know, uh, uh, humor wise, Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase, yes. circa 1980, whatever. So good. And I uh, love that movie. It's, it's the quotable movie. Um, and then uh, It's a Wonderful Life. As, oh, yeah. As, as sappy as people may think that movie. I love that movie. I love it, too. I and, do. And, you know, honestly, like Elf has become with... Oh, yeah. Elf that's has a, become a favorite of ours. It's a classic. So Already good. a classic. With, uh, Will Ferrell, yeah. Oh, man. 
pretty yeah. wonderful. Those are good picks. Good picks. Okay. What is a a favorite word or phrase that is associated with Christmas that you love? That I love. That that's a favorite of yours. Hmm. I love the French uh, how you say Merry Christmas in French. Joyeux Noël. Yeah, that's beautiful. Love that. Okay. Um, your favorite weather forecast for Christmas. <laughs> My favorite weather forecast. <laughs> yep. Honestly, I could I could stand for some snow. Yeah. Thirty degrees snow. It's like just barely cold enough that there's snow. Yep. But not like frigid cold Correct. snow. Okay. Yeah. And, and cloudy skies. Okay. It has to stay cloudy. Just be the gloomy day to where it's like you don't have to feel like you have to go outside. Yeah. Bring All right. On. Awesome. Introverts unite. Okay. Your favorite Christmas song. Oh, oh gee. Um, <laughs> oh, jolly, jolly Christmas. See? It I'm, might be the Burl Live song. Are you serious? I, I'm kind of serious. It's whatever it's, it is. It's a great one. I love it. Especially, I mean... Yeah. Rudolph, come on. I think it's Rudolph. Uh, it is. Right? It's on it's on the beginning of that Rudolph. Yeah. Love it. Um there's probably better more uh deeper songs, but I I don't know. It doesn't have to be deep. I love that one. That's that would be the top on my list. Yeah. Um all right, this is my last one. What's your favorite type of decoration? You does a Christmas tree? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it could be a Christmas tree. What, like, tell me how it would be decorated. Because, uh, I mean, there's, like, the pottery barn, like, perfect, yes, yeah, yeah, you know. No, we don't have that. Yeah. We definitely have the kids' trinket ornaments yeah. all over. Um, I honestly, like, we light up the tree, you know, we run the string lights. Yeah. And that is a, a major challenge to my patients every year. Um but yeah, I mean, it's we've got white lights and the mixed colored lights. So all of it. I was going to ask. That was going to be my follow-up. Yeah, Do you go white all... lights or colored well, lights? And you... I, I, if it was my choice, it would be all white lights. Okay. But it's not my choice. Okay. It is not. I'm not the only vote caster. Yeah. So um, everyone gets to grab a strand of whatever they want and just throw it up there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, and then we've got all the homemade kid ornaments that... That have somehow survived, and we've even my mom has given passed down some of the ones that I I made when I was a kid, and then my mother-in-law um, she gives Christmas ornaments every single year, so we've got a, a, a ton of those. And our favorite uh, ornament is a Homer Simpson um, ornament uh, that if you've ever if you're a Simpsons fan, you'll know about Mr. Plow. Oh yeah, and, it, and it's that him driving his his. Snow plow and singing the the Mr. Plow song, which is pretty darn great. That's awesome. I love that. Um, all right. Well, that concludes the Christmas portion of this interview. We have to bookend this, wrap it up with New Year's. We're coming back to yeah. the New Year's resolution time because you've been stewing and and. <laughs> <laughs> and 
your brain has been twisting to uh, come up with a New Year's resolution for 2018. Eric Peters, what is your on-the-spot and on-the-air New Year's resolution for 2018. For 2018. Yep, you could milk that farther. Man, uh, I, I'll i say a couple of things, and these are whatever they are. I, I love reading. I would like to read more. Okay. Like, there's probably going to be people out there that's, that know you as the book mole. Yeah. So... And I actually don't even know the answer to this question. What does more reading, what does that look like in your world? Because m- like me reading one whole novel in a year, that's, that's okay. more reading. <laughs> so so what's, what's more reading? Is that yeah. like 50 books, 100 no, books? What is that? I, I, I probably read about, I'm going to guess 15 books a year. That's average. Yeah. Um, and the, the, it's all over the map. It's history, there's some fiction, it's theology. I mean, it's, I'm kind of all over the map on what I read. So I'd like to read more books. So more than 15, maybe 20 or so. Okay. And for some people, that's a lot. Some yeah. People, that's, that's not much at all. I'm really slow. That's part of it. So. Well, you, and it, it's, it's real, but it's also really difficult to read when you travel when you're you know you know you're holding down a couple different jobs you're so so that is you know yeah and you have a family and it's like hard to find time to read so so to to me that's (laughs) 20 books is uh, quite that'd be quite an accomplishment yeah Yeah. um and the other is I, i i'd like to write more I used to blog if you remember blogging is that still a thing do people still blog people do okay. still blog I, I tend to I don't live know. under a rock so yeah. I have no idea what is I don't, modern and current right. but I used to blog regularly and just write prose usually essay kind of stuff and I've been writing a little bit lately um, and then to hear feedback from people and Get feedback is uh, it's like oh yeah me um, I I would like to write more so I'd like to maybe try and do that some more this year. So. Eric, I have maybe one more um, one more idea for you for New Year's a New Year's resolution. What's that? How about more arithmetic? <laughs> and how do you mean that? Well, you you already picked more reading, more writing. More arithmetic. All right. More math. All right, enough joking. Okay. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Eric Peters. I'm going to be going on a limb and say Merry Christmas to all of you. Wow. I know. So offensive. Eric. Narrow-minded. You're so narrow-minded. Seriously. Go go to Chick-fil-A and take that banter somewhere else. (laughs) Actually, that sounds pretty good. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Uh, 
I just absolutely love every time I get a chance to hang out with Eric Peters. That's why we've interviewed him so much through the years, because we want you to have lots of opportunities to hang out with him virtually through podcasts. And uh, he's such a great guy. You can get more info on Eric at his website, ericpeters.net. I wish the audio quality was just perfect, but we have a saying in our family. It's, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. (laughs) So that's what we got for today. So, but it was still fun. Hope you enjoyed our banter about, about Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and, uh, Uh, If you have any comments uh, or suggestions for a future guest for Green Room Door, you can write to our exclusive email address, which is greenroomdoorpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we would love to hear from you. You can also follow our parent organization, UTR Media, on all the socials. And everything's at UTR Media for Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and our website, utrmedia.org. Well, before we sign off, a quick lay of the land for our ministry, uh, because this show is obviously a Christmas episode. It's releasing in December of 2017, and we've got a couple more Christmas things coming up, including an all-Christmas episode of the Gourmet Music Podcast in just a little bit. Also, a year in review of crowdsourcing on the Good Patron show. Um, plus, we'll sneak in one more episode of Release Date still this month Um, and then uh, we are in the middle of our build-a-thon 2017 campaign where we are just asking for folks just like you to come alongside the ministry and help us be at full strength for 2018 Um, things are trucking along um, and we've had support come in from all over North America Uh, Would you consider giving either a one-time end-of-the-year donation or joining our monthly support team, um, giving $5, $10, $15 a month to help us continue to curate well-crafted music for the year ahead? Um, You can get more information on the campaign at utrmedia.org. Also, uh, coming up in mid-January, we'll be releasing our annual critics' picks for the top 11 gourmet albums of 2017 we're excited for that uh this show will take a little bit of a hiatus just through the holidays and we'll be back in the second half of january so merry christmas happy new year to all of you from all of us at green room door a production of utr media an independent listener supported nonprofit ministry in chicago illinois online at utrmedia.org.